Hi, and welcome to the very first show of the El Capsi for Travel Talks, a podcast for travelers to share travel stories and adventures. My name is Tony Lloyd, and I'm going to be your host. Each show, I will sit down with travelers from different walks of life and talk about their journeys. Who are they? Where are they from? What means of transportation do they use in? And when and why did they decide to make this move? And most importantly, how are they doing it? This is actually a project that has been quite a while in the making and for different reasons have not launched before. Right now, it seems like the most unusual time to be launching a travel podcast with the coronavirus sweeping the entire world, making it impossible to travel. However, we hope, well, I hope that um, you are tucked away somewhere safely and that this could be another form of distraction for you in which for the people who have not yet started traveling, maybe this will be what you need to help you give you some information about how others are doing it. And for the people who are seasoned travelers, maybe it'll just help bring back some of those memories that you had while on the road yourself and then encourage you to come out on the road as soon as possible. And for everyone, when things are back to normal and you find yourself in Ecuador, we invite you to come and take a look at the El Capsita Hostel in Cuenca, Ecuador, and also our restaurant on the same plaza with vegan and vegetarian options. We have several shows already pre-recorded for you, which we'll be releasing on a weekly basis, a minimum of one per week. And also, I would like you to check out our Facebook site, where we have uh, quite a few travel stories, which are written by travelers, either about themselves or about others. And if you're someone who likes to write and have some stories of your own, please let us know. Please send us, you're more than welcome to submit stories in. And we look forward to all your questions and comments that you might have about the podcast or the Facebook page. Uh, you could send those in to elcafecitatravelotalks at gmail.com. All your comments are welcome. Since we are a grassroots productions, we're looking for all different suggestions to help us grow. For the first show, I have a teacher who decides to leave her classroom behind to go and discover the world and some new things about herself. So please enjoy. Before we start by introducing today's guest, I'd like you to join us by having a cup of coffee, a tea, or the beverage of your choice. I have sitting in front of me a lovely young lady, and I'd like her to introduce herself to you in the audience. Mancunian? Yeah. Well, originally from Yorkshire, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, Kay, explain to us a little bit about what you were doing before you decided to travel. Okay, so I've been a teacher for roughly six years. Um, a couple of years back, I was having a really bad time, didn't, wasn't enjoying my job, gone from one difficult situation to another, and just um, after a conversation with my sister, decided that was it, quit and travelled. So at that point, I travelled for one year, and now I'm back two years later to kind of finish what I started. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. no, I like that, I like that. 
Let's let's go back a little bit. Okay, yeah. so you decided, okay, I'm not happy where I am right now at this moment. So what were the things? Like, what, if you could share with us a little bit about what when you say you weren't happy, what were some of the things that you were thinking about? Like, what was is it the type of work you were doing? Mm -hmm. Is it was it something more personal, internal? Could you share a little um, bit of that with us? Yeah. So I didn't qualify as a teacher until I was thirty, okay. um, and then. I wasn't living in Manchester at the time. I moved to Manchester and did um, substitute teaching. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, did kind of long placement, short placements, and then at the time I was doing a maternity cover okay. for somebody, um, and that contract was due to end in the June, so a lot of people were on holidays. So I was just having a really tough time working long hours. Um, not so much support in the school, and I just wasn't happy. <laughs> like the teaching part, I love the kids, I love, but just wasn't happy. And then it was the Easter holidays. My sister called me, and she said, "Look, if you if you really don't like it, she said you've got money. You don't always have the time, so just go." And she's ten years older, so I kind of trust trust her advice. Okay. Like and so. Why travel? Maybe you could have stayed at home and maybe looked mm -hmm. for a different career. Maybe you could have stayed at home and decided uh, to settle down and started having babies, becoming yeah. a housewife. Yeah. Why travel? What was it about travel? That I guess just you? that break from the norm. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I guess, kind of expected. It's that cultural thing. You get married, you settle down, you have the house, the kids. My sister hadn't travelled long term. Her sister in law was doing it at the time. She said, Look, just go and meet her, do it. Like, get out there and, and see something before settling down and having the kids and all the rest of it. So, okay. And, okay, so then you decided to make the move. Explain yeah. to us a little bit about, obviously, it wasn't just yeah. like, okay, boom, click, <laughs> and, and yeah. here I'm there and I'm on the road. What were some of your preparations? Okay. What were some of your physical and mental preparations? Yeah. So, I'd never travelled before by myself, so it's like I never had a bucket list of places I wanted to see, where I wanted to go, so it's like, okay, I'm going to do it. An hour on the phone with my sister, I'm going to do it, but yeah, where do you start? So um, I went into a couple of travel agents, kind of started asking questions, getting an idea of cost of flights, um, I'd previously been to Thailand, um, so I was like, okay, I'd quite like to go back there, so that was a starting point. I spoke to friends who travelled, um, and I had a fellow colleague of mine, she'd also quit teaching the year before, okay. and she'd been to India, um, she'd done a tour in India, and really recommended it, so that was a starting point for me. Um, and it just kind of went from there, speaking with people, where have you been, and suggestions from people, so went back to the travel agent and said, these are my ideas. Um, could you maybe help plan a route for me? Like, I'm not sure where to start, where to finish. Obviously, India was maybe first point of call um, to do a tour there, an organized tour. Mm -hmm. um, and just speaking with the travel agent came up with a plan. So it was fairly open plan. Um, so India, and oh. then uh, decided to go to China. Um, and Vietnam, and then it was open between Vietnam and Singapore, so I had a few months. Um, I decided I wanted to spend more time in Asia. Okay. Um, I thought of like the landscapes and everything, the culture may be better there. And then a few weeks in Australia to visit my brother, and then the final flight was to South America. <laughs> okay. okay. So, uh, yeah. 
So, so basically, in summary, yeah. um, once you decided, you started, I think the key thing I got out of what you yeah. just said was you started speaking to people, yeah. uh, okay. talking to people yeah. who had traveled, talking with travel agencies yeah. to help you sort of get an idea of where to go. Yeah, exactly. What were some of the people, the, the other yeah. side, which usually <laughs> happens to a lot of us, exactly, which, not to a lot of us, to all of us, yeah. we all have to admit it at some point. Yeah. Um, for me, it was kind of easy um, and people said you're so brave doing this and aren't you scared it would have been harder for me to stay I was in such a bad place mentally with um, everything I was, I was going through with work that actually to leave was an easy escape okay um, so I didn't have the nerves I was just full of excitement like completely there was not one little nervous part for me luckily and I think that's quite rare but I was just excited to go and do this and there was no nothing like, oh my gosh, I'm going to India. What's going to no, happen? No, no. Am I going to get sick? No, Am I gonna... no. I was literally oh, okay. like, I cannot wait to do this. I was just so excited. Okay, yeah. okay. That's, yeah. that's very... Family members, friends <laughs> that were like, what <laughs> are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my mom, when I told her, <laughs> her reaction was interesting. Um, she's like, what? But... Um, She'd also been a teacher, and I just kind of had the conversation that, look, you know how hard this is, and um, it's something I need to do, and eventually she came around to it, and we said, look, like, there's WhatsApp, there's FaceTime, there's ways to stay in contact, um, and eventually she, yeah, she, she was supportive. Okay. But um, it was difficult, the most difficult thing for me was leaving, like, my grandma, who was very old at the time, and my nieces, who were very young at the time, because they're key ages, obviously, that you want to be able to. Other than that, yeah, the excitement. Okay. Yeah. And was there anyone that was saying to you, no, but if you quit now, are you gonna, are you not gonna get a job when you come back? Was any of that uh, sort of thing? No, because at that point in time, I didn't want to ever teach again. And okay. because I'd done things before teaching, I was like, I don't. I'll find a job. Like there's always jobs, even if you're working in the supermarket or the shop. It doesn't have to be a big career move, you know, there's okay. work to be had if, if you're open to it, I guess. So. Okay. And so, as you said, your first part of your adventure was in the Far East. Mm -hmm. And so, tell us about that. Tell us about what, how you prepared to get on the plane. What, what was your first okay. impressions on? Uh, the impressions, well, packing was interesting. Okay. Um, but there's heaps of stuff online. So, I watched uh, YouTube videos and um, Facebook's a good one for information for the packing it took a while because I'd never backpacked before okay. um, but just narrowed things down. And what to decide your apartment, your house, how am I going to get everything in yeah, one so bag? Everything went back to my mum. Okay. <laughs> okay. um, again, she thought she keeps thinking she's got rid of me and I keep bouncing back there. Um, but going to India obviously and Asia, they thought you need something to cover your shoulders, you need something to cover your knees, all of those because to go in the temples okay. you just have to be aware of those things. Um, things that to keep you cool because obviously it's a lot hotter. Um, but India was interesting. The scariest thing was arriving by myself because the tour didn't start the day that I arrived. I had a couple of days, but arriving in India, um, yeah, I remember just uh, being in the taxi with a huge smile on my face like, I've done it, I'm here, I'm here. like, <laughs> yeah, just feeling really proud, I guess. Okay. But also seeing straight away all those crazy things you expect to see in India, like the cows in the road and the trucks with 
hundreds of people hanging out and then but yeah getting to the hostel and that first like afternoon you really had to find the courage to leave your room and I remember having to have a little word with myself like you're here you need to get out there and when I did I met someone instantly in the lobby and then I just spoke to her she was speaking English and I said oh how are you going on that tour can I hop on with you kind of thing I'm still friends with her now three years later I've been to visit her in Sweden she's been over to England to visit me so I guess uh, that just taught me to speak to people like don't be scared just you got to get out there and talk like don't be scared of it. <laughs> okay. Actually, the, another thing I just wanted to, before we go further, mm-hmm. I just wanted to point out again uh, what you said about when you're getting ready to pack for yeah, India, okay. about understanding where you're going, yeah. your destination, yeah. and understanding that sometimes there are certain clothes requirements, and yeah. if you want to be culturally sensitive mm-hmm. to the area that you're going to, and I really i am glad you said that, yeah. because a lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. that, and or sometimes... I'm ashamed to say that a lot of us as travelers, sometimes we really don't put enough consideration no. into that. No. Uh, and I'm glad that that was a, yeah. a key thing that you Gotta mentioned right now. You, you can really insult people if you don't. And then I've seen people like through Asia and I'll turn up to a temple and they haven't got shoulders covered or something. And to those cultures, it's just really insulting. Like you, you have to be sensitive to it. You have to be aware. You have to ask these questions when you arrive somewhere. And then, I totally, I totally, hundred <laughs> percent agree. The other thing I, I that you just said a few minutes ago, and I didn't want it to just get washed by really quickly, <laughs> was about yes, there is that moment when you're in the hostel or mm-hmm. in the hotel, wherever you are, and you're by yourself, and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Yeah, exactly. And the only way to get past that is just to walk up and say hello to somebody, yeah, yeah. and just to realize that the other people are in that same situation yeah. that you're in, and it's just like. Oh my gosh, and it's so great that you said that you, three years later you guys are still good friends, yeah. you're still in communication, because yeah. that's what it's really yeah. about. And it gets easier. Like the more you do it, it, now it's not a problem. People can't shut me up, like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> okay. And so, you're, um, am I understanding correctly when you were saying that you still believe that you made the right choice? Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. My regret is going home. <laughs> you regret it's going yeah, on. Yeah, okay. I should have just stayed out here and, and yeah, continued. Um, okay. Yeah, no regrets with spending that house deposit, just do it. Okay. <laughs> Don't and think about it, just go. Hence why you're on your second trip now. For sure, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, some of the times that were not so great, like what were some of the things where, you know, we have to mention it because yeah. it, we're, we're, we're people and we're traveling yeah. and there are certain moments where we're just maybe just not feeling good, not feeling down, you're feeling like, yeah. so tell us a little yeah. bit about one um, or two of those. Probably the most difficult was um, a couple of months into my travel, my grandma passed away. Okay. Um, and at the time I was alone. Well, when I say alone, you're never really alone when you're traveling. There's always mm-hmm. people around, but you obviously feel alone because you're away from your family. At the time, my phone had been stolen, I'd had my bag snatched. <laughs> so communication was really difficult with home. Um, but there were people around that to support me. And at the time, I just told myself, like, I wanted to go home. And I knew that my travel insurance would allow me to do that. But my mum was saying, look, keep going, keep going. And I had to keep saying, my grandma loved to travel. And she was so proud that I was doing it. And I just kept telling myself that. And eventually, you meet people and you let them know your situation and they're just so supportive. Um, there was a girl, um, Candice, from South Africa who I was travelling a little with at the time. 
And then I met back up with her and for the day of my grandma's funeral, we went out, we had dinner, I had a couple of drinks. So there's people around to help in those situations. Um, yeah, they, I had my phone stolen in China. Okay. <laughs> Lost heaps of photographs, like all my Taj Mahal pictures. And I cried, I did a lot of crying, but there were people there to give me hugs and look after me. Um, like I mentioned, my bag got snatched in Vietnam. I think that was my bad luck over after that. Okay. Touch wood, like it got easier. But um, you realise through it all, if you've got your bank card, your passport, and some form of communication, you get through it all. Okay. <laughs> then you can continue travelling. So That part about the people, the community. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's sure. talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that. Like, Explain to it, like, give us, like, for somebody who might be listening that okay. don't understand that part about the community. Yeah. Okay, give us a little bit of an explanation of what that feels like to join this community of travelers. Um, everybody's in the same boat. Mm -hmm. You might meet, there are a lot of solo travelers out there, and um, and groups, and couples, and people of all ages from like just finished school to like right through to six year old plus. Like, okay. There's all different experiences out there and it's just reaching out to people and as soon as you said hello you meet you make some of the best bonds of your life through traveling some of my best friends now are not people I've grown up with with people that I've traveled with because you're going through tough times together you're going through fun times together and I guess um, you're alone you're all you're all out here alone and you need to make that communi communication strong communication. So it's like basically you're out, you're completely out of your comfort yeah. zone. So you now have to recreate yourself. Yeah. And with these people that you're traveling with, you're recreating together. Yeah. And so you create these bonds. Yeah. But also the time you spend together, you're eating together. I, I just joked with somebody a couple of days ago. I turned up to a hostel and then we spoke for like five minutes. He's like, do you want to get dinner? So we went for dinner and then we went out that evening and we were talking and I said, how often? Like he was a guy, I said, how often would you speak to a girl for five minutes and then kind of say, shall we go for dinner? Like, it doesn't happen, but I guess friendships happen much quicker when you're away because you're eating together, you maybe sharing a dorm together, you're going out um, sightseeing together. Everything happens much faster and I guess that creates a stronger bond in a sense in a much shorter period of time so you don't get that time with friends back home because you're working and you're busy with family and okay and sharing a dorm like mm -hmm. sometimes people say okay now you're over 30 years old yeah. what are you doing in a dorm <laughs> like explain to people why a dorm like you know it's... okay i actually choose larger dorms because i think it allows you more opportunity to maybe meet someone you get along with if i were to take single room myself I don't think you're meeting people as easy yeah there's the common areas but in a dorm you've got that instant oh hi have you just arrived me too that that kind of um, shared experience with people mm -hmm. and again the larger dorm you might not get on with somebody in a four bed dorm but if you're in an eight bed dorm it's doubling the chances <laughs> exactly. so increase your possibilities that's the way I look at it so, okay yeah and Again, talking to somebody, because the whole purpose of this podcast yeah. is talking to the people who are mm -hmm. not traveling, who don't understand, yeah. and who are still a little bit on the edge. Yeah. Um, you know, my gosh, my privacy, my, how do you do it? How do you go into a dorm and then you're a weird guy, a girl, yeah. you know? I found it really, really difficult to begin with. And then thinking back to Vietnam, 
I was in a dorm and um, a mixed dorm. So okay. you think mixed dorm, there's definitely going to be girls, there's definitely going to be guys, it's going to be fine. I ended up in a room with just guys and me. It was not even two months maybe into my travels and then I actually complained. Like I okay. said to the hot floor and they're like, look, it's supposed to be a mixed dorm, I'm only with guys. And he kind of said, in that case, choose a female only dorm. They didn't have so many of those in Vietnam, so okay. that was an issue. But um, that was really difficult, especially when one of the guys just wanted to shower with the door open and walk around in his underwear. And yeah, it, it was tricky. But again, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. Those guys were fine. Like we went out for a drink together in the end and like had some conversation. And I guess it comes back to that the yeah. communication. Speak to people. Like it's. Once you speak, you realise these aren't crazy people that are going to do anything dodgy when you're in there with them. Like They're just fellow travellers. Exactly. And you speak to them, you get a bit of a history, and you make new friends. I actually had a female once who said to me that she preferred to be in a dorm with more men uh -huh. because she feels that they're like their older brothers yeah. and they're more protective. Yeah. And she said that when she was in a dorm with females, uh -huh. she didn't feel that, that same protection. Yeah. And yeah. she felt a lot safer being in a dorm with men mm -hmm. versus being in an all-female dorm. Okay. I don't know if you could if that relates um, to you or you understand what that statement means. Yeah, a little, but um, I guess when you start traveling, I found it more comforting to have females around, but I also found that I couldn't be in a female-only dorm because that's just way too many hormones and issues going on there. Like, you need a little bit of a mixture. Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's a little crazy. Okay. And um, at this point, explain to us a little bit. Uh, maybe I should have probably asked that question earlier. Mm -hmm. Where are you in your travel? Like, where are you? You've oh. done... The year, two years before you said, so right? So I traveled from 2015 to 2016. I did a full year. So I did eight months kind of Asia and then four months in South America. Um, and I ended my travels in the north of Colombia. Um, ideally, I wanted to see more of Colombia and also get to Ecuador. And I didn't do that. So um, I arrived home and I was just felt like unfinished business, like the itchy feet, like I haven't finished what I started. I've been home and I ended up going back into teaching and I didn't want to but I went back to substitute teaching found a great school I've now been there a year and they've managed to keep me and get me on a permanent contract it's the first time I've agreed to that okay. um, saved up some money and come back to see more Colombia and also Ecuador and Galapagos as well so I'm currently a weekend um, been to a couple of stops in well, Bogota in Colombia for just a night as a layover and then a few stops in Ecuador. Let's talk about maybe one or two things that you have learned through traveling. I know you've touched on it a mm -hmm. few things, like for example, communicating yeah. with people and so forth. Yeah. But is there two or three other things that you'd like to share with us? Um, be open-minded, okay. for sure. Um, you have to be aware of the culture that you're in but also that want to find out more. So I found I traveled for maybe seven months and I was in Australia and I found about, uh, out about the free walking tour. Um, and I never knew about that. And then after that, everywhere I got to, that was my starting point. So when I arrived in South America, for example, I took the free walking tour because it gave me a chance to find out a little more about the city that I was in, the history, the people. And that gave me then 
okay, I want to go back to that place and find out more. I maybe want to go to that museum or I want to find out about the people who live here or um, go out to that place later in the evening. So I found that was a really good starting point for me. Okay. And I still tend to do that now because it just gives you a little history if you don't already know it. Somebody is out there listening to us, mm-hmm. um, hopefully. <laughs> no, no, we have a lot of people listening to us. <laughs> um, and they're sitting there and they're saying, she's brave. Um, she could do it, but I can't do it. Yeah. What What would you like to say to that? Person? You can do it. <laughs> okay. um, when I left home, as I said, for me, I was just so excited, I wasn't nervous. And after a while, I was getting all these messages from people, like I put a post on Facebook about what I was up to and things, and people saying, you're so brave, like, and I was like, I'm not, I'm just out here doing this. And towards the end of my travels, I guess I kind of looked back at what I'd done and I was like, wow, that's an achievement. And I guess it kind of is brave, but when you're here doing it, you realise it's so easy. Like, my mum says all the time, like, I was planning this trip okay. and she's saying, well, how do you book a bus? Well, the same as you do in the UK, you just go to the bus station or you get somebody to call for you or you find those ways and, and you realise when you're away, it really is as easy as it as at home, you just need maybe if you don't speak the language, you ask somebody to help you. Like I found a lot of fellow travellers. I don't, I didn't speak Spanish when I arrived in South America. I still don't speak Spanish particularly. I understand a few words and I can get by. Um, but there's always someone to help. In China, definitely, obviously, don't speak Chinese. <laughs> okay. But I got people to write down in Chinese, and then I take them to the bus station. So it's easier than you think. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. It was really a pleasure <laughs> talking to you. Um, I like the way you express and flow. And then if people could see us, they could see your hands going all over the place and the wonderful smile you have on your face because you obviously are excited about yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And um, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. As I said at the start of the show, we're still starting out. This is our grassroots projects. So if there's any comments or suggestions that you have on our show, oh, please send them in. Please, please, please. You could email us or email uh, to your comments to elcafecitotraveltalks at gmail.com. Uh, please tune in to see when our next shows are going to be. Uh, I'd like to also invite you to take a look at the Facebook page with the stories. And please tell a friend. Uh, let the, anyone you know that likes to travel or interested in the whole idea of travel and maybe to help them distract their minds for the next few days. Also, um, stay tuned to see when our next shows are coming up. Uh, I'd like to give a special shout out to our editor, Marshall Donnelly. And I want you to please stay safe. I know that we're going through a very difficult time around the world and it's making it impossible to travel but this will all clear up soon and we'll be back on the road and when you are back on the road and i welcome you very much to the el cafecito here in cuenca or to our sister location in quito ecuador all the best for now take care be safe